Welcome to the Bible Vault, where we unpack the jewels of God's Word. I'm Jason. And I'm Katrina. And today's episode is part of our series, Applying Bible Stories, a series to help you focus on Bible stories and how they apply to our lives. This week, we read from Matthew chapters 20 through 22 to learn about the parables of the laborers in the vineyard, the two sons, the tenants, and the wedding feast. So first, what is meant by the parables of the laborers in the vineyard? So the societal context surrounding this parable is particularly important as it seems quite reasonable that the workers who were in the vineyard longer should deserve greater pay. The hired men are day laborers according to the study Bible and therefore had no steady income. This means that continuing to hire people at the end of the day was a charitable gesture, with the study Bible saying that it would ensure that the men would end up eating that day. Then the wages were paid, the master paid each man the same, honoring the agreement with the first workers and helping the others in a time of need. And this parable actually directly correlates to our service to God. Regardless of how long you've been serving God, the same salvation is offered to all who serve him. And again, the study Bible puts it very well. Quote, serving the Lord's kingdom is a privilege of labor of love, not something undertaken to gain a reward. When we begin to think that God's kingdom needs or depends on us, we get it completely backward. We need and depend on it. End quote. Now, I want to point out that this does not give us an excuse to willingly act against God just to be saved at the 11th hour. We don't know when he'll come back, only that it will be like a thief in the night and that we should be prepared. Rather, this parable should be understood to mean that while someone is alive, it's never too late for salvation. So if you have a loved one who's not yet accepted Christ, take heart. He as the master will find them in the marketplace and offer them as well whatever time it is that they get to the marketplace. I really love this one. I feel like it's especially helpful for those of us who maybe feel like we are late to the party, Um, especially those of us who may be converting from other religions or just coming from different lifestyles in general. Um, This parable really helps you, you feel like you have a place. Because you do. I mean, you're worthy of that salvation just as much as the next person is. We are all in the same spot. So, um, I, I really like that parable. Um, next we have the parable of the two sons. What does that one teach us? So this parable is a contrasting of how the pious people, in this case the priests and the elders, and the chief sinners the prostitutes and the tax collectors, uh, discerned God's will. So Jesus is revealing that those viewed as terrible sinners actually accepted the will of God better than those who are supposed to know God, portraying the pious as worse than the sinners. And in this case, that would have been actually quite the blow to the priests and the elders. Yeah, I, I also really like that part, <laughs> just because it's it's helpful to see that, you know, that part is emphasized in his his teachings as well so um what does the parable of the tenants mean so in this parable jesus uses imagery that prophets frequently used to describe israel's relationship to god 
to actually deliver an even bigger blow than the parable of the two sons. So the master here is God. The tenants are the unbelieving religious leaders. The servants are the, pros- are the prophets of the Old Testament, and the son is, of course, Jesus. And interestingly here, Jesus actually has his enemies pronounce their own judgment, with them stating that the original tenants should be put to a miserable death. And the meaning of the parable is this. Those who accept Jesus as the Son of God are saved, while those who reject him are excluded from his kingdom and are therefore subjected to judgment for their sins. I like the fact that he built upon the last parable. I think the thing that I remember or that I um, thought of during this parable was actually the entire idea that Jesus was not accepted by his own people in his own um, hometown. True. And it's the same exact thing. I mean, the the son of the person who owned the the land there, who theoretically should have been able to go into that that land, and the tenants should have ex- ex- accepted him, um, ended up being the same same exact thing, put to death, not accepted, all of that. So. I just really like that comparison. Which actually calls back to a quote that Jesus had in that very story, which we will cover later, in that he said a prophet is never accepted in his hometown. Yeah, which, yeah, I just really like that. So finally, what is meant by the parable of the wedding feast? So this parable carries many similarities to the previous one, uh, with the king being God as opposed to the master, the son being Jesus, and the servants as the prophets. But we also see similarities to an earlier parable that we have discussed, that of the great banquet, and that when those invited did not come, God went out in search of of those outside of the city, which here, just like then, was representative of the Gentiles. But there's an addition to this parable, however, with the man who had no wedding garment. And so according to the study Bible, Israelites were, or Israelites expected invited guests to wear festive wedding garments, which could be provided by the host. If somebody didn't have their own, the host would actually be able to provide these garments for them. And so in this case, the guest's failure to dress in appropriate clothing, which was freely offered to him by the host, was considered an offense. And so therefore he was removed. And the garment in this parable is representative of the righteousness of God that is offered to us through... Jesus' death and resurrection. So the meaning of this parable is that those who listen to God's words and accept Jesus' gift for us to be clothed in his righteousness are the ones who will get the chance to attend his feast in heaven. That is so cool. I didn't know it, all of that about the the wedding garment. I didn't know that that was something that could be provided. So when I read this, I initially thought uh, he just invited everybody and said, oh, just kidding, Uh, you couldn't afford to have a wedding garment. But no, it makes a lot more sense now because uh, if it's freely provided, just like our salvation is freely provided after we just simply believe, it makes so much more sense to in the context of our salvation, especially. Well, and it it ties in a lot of things later on that people like Paul and Peter discuss. Typically, 
uh, Christ's coming back is considered his his second coming is considered and compared very much to a groom coming back for his bride. There's a ton of wedding imagery throughout the New Testament. And it's very interesting because we talk about the, the wedding feast going up in heaven. And that's, as we discussed in our communion episode, that's a big part of communion. And here we are discuss with Jesus actually discussing a wedding feast where the clothing is provided by the host because the people on the roads wouldn't have had any. They didn't know they were even going to be invited to this thing. So more likely than not, everybody invited to this wedding had to have clothes provided for them. And it was the man who showed up but wouldn't put on the wedding garments provided that got thrown out. Yeah. All he had to do was that one thing, and he refused to do it. All we have to do is accept the salvation and believe, and if you can't do that, it's it's tough to figure out how you're going to get to heaven. Oh, absolutely. So, um, do you have any other thoughts today? I think that's all I've got. I do not. Next week, we're going to get into the parables of Matthew uh, 24 and Mark 13, which will include the fig tree, the doorkeeper, the master and the thief, and the two servants. So if you have any questions or any comments or just any ideas for any future episodes, um, please be sure to head over to our Instagram or our Facebook page. We are at the Bible Podcast on both. And we would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us today on the Bible Vault. God bless, and we'll see you next time.